Hey there, this is Kristen. So before you fast forward through the intro, I want to share something with you that I think you'll really appreciate. And I'll also be sharing a little bonus. I recently had the opportunity to pitch to a big client. Now, I was confident that I could do the work, but I was less confident about the process. So I worked with Catherine Denisi, business coach and strategist for female entrepreneurs inside of her business development booster. It was exactly what I needed. She coached me on the entire process from what steps to take, what questions to ask, how to follow up, what my proposal should include, how to create the presentation that I could then reuse, pricing, basically all the things. She really helped condense the amount of time it took by showing me the exact steps and I felt supported every step of the way. So if you're a service-based business and you want laser-focused business strategies, the Business Development Booster is a 90-minute intensive coaching session where you dive deep into your existing business development process, your tools, your client acquisition strategy. You'll leave with a roadmap to generate the right leads and convert them into clients. Now, I'm happy to share that podcast and Amplify listeners get 15% off by clicking on the link in the show notes and booking your Business Development Booster by June 30th for sessions that are booked through July 31st of 2023. Now let's dive into this week's episode. I'm Kristen and you're listening to Podcast and Amplify, a podcast for women entrepreneurs who want to amplify their voice and brand through podcasting and grow a wildly successful business. I'm the executive producer and host and an entrepreneur, and I love helping women grow their visibility, mindset, and business to the next level. Each week, I share tips on how to launch and leverage your podcast, and I bring on the very best business leaders to give you advice on how to build your business empire. Let's amplify your voice and business. Welcome back to Podcast and Amplify. I'm your host, Kristen, and I'm really excited to have Jacqueline Horani on today. She is a legal designer, a lawyer, a consultant, and she teaches feminist founders, visionary thought leaders, and revolutionary companies how to really cut through that legal speak. She's going to be talking to us about how leaders can liberate their contracts from legalese and outdated patriarchal models. So Jacqueline, welcome to the show. Thank you so much for having me. This season, I'm starting our conversations off with asking my guests about a pivotal moment that you know has gotten you to this moment where you're at today. So if you want to share that with us, that'd be great. Sure. I feel like there's been so many shifts in my career and many pivotal moments, but when I'm thinking about the work, as you said, like this season, um, this season of my work, I am really thankful for and um, appreciative of whoever, I can't even remember who introduced me to Kelly Deal's work. She's a feminist marketer and she teaches a lot about the history of the um, colonialist, racist, sexist, patriarchal um, background of digital marketing and online marketing and sort of 
how that's designed the ways that we traditionally market and how we can do things differently. And when I came across her work, it was like, ding, like a light bulb came on of, oh, this is like what I've been looking for as an entrepreneur of how to market, how to do my business, but also like helped me to see how important an intersectional feminist approach was to my work. And I've really been shifting towards a more liberatory approach and being more explicit about naming the power dynamics and naming the system in what I'm talking about with breaking down the legal complexities and increasing that access to justice for entrepreneurs and helping other feminist founders. And so um, that was really, I think, a key pivotal moment in starting to bring me more directly to this liberatory approach to work. And then so through learning about that work and that approach to business, how have these sort of patriarchal models shaped the way that these legal documents that we all know and probably hate because they're so confusing. (laughs) Um, And I don't know about anyone listening, but it gives me a little bit of a headache (laughs) to have to read and reread. But how have these systems shaped the documents that we know and are all very familiar with? At its most basic, I think we all are really scared of contracts. I know when I was an entrepreneur, I had a vintage store before I launched my legal career. Um, I never spoke to an attorney about it with my business partner. We never wanted to consider it because it's this fear of like, I don't have the time to focus on this. I'm too busy on my other things in the business. Um, I'm scared of an attorney telling me something's wrong and I'm going to realize all the things that I'm doing that are wrong. And I can't understand this. This is complex. This is really difficult to understand. And so I feel really disempowered in the situation. And that creates a fear and an intimidation that I don't even want to approach it. And when we are looking at, at its most basic, what the contracts are, we realize that we don't actually need all of this complexity and confusion, but it's set up this way because it's grounded in a history of white men exploiting and um, uh, extracting wealth from land, from resources, from land, and building up and hoarding that wealth and trying to protect and assert that wealth against others. So the history of contracts is founded and grounded in that very oppressive and exploitative model. And when we're looking at our actual contracts today, you know, the whole structure is an adversarial approach. It's immediately, how can I defend myself against you? How can I make sure you don't screw me over? How can I assert my power over you? Even when we're building relationships, even when we're signing on clients into our work, it's very much coming from this lens of, uh, we're about to work together, but just know, like, let me just make sure that this distance is created between us, this adversarial nature here shows up because I want to make sure that you don't violate the terms of this agreement. And it's a very weird language and a very weird approach. And it comes from 
this zero sum game where like win lose, like only one of us can win and it's not a win-win approach. So from the actual like lens and setup to the actual language that's being used in a contract, it's confusing legal jargon. It's meant to uh, keep the power and the information with the elite, with the um, lawyers saying you need to pay somebody to help interpret this. You cannot do this on your own. It's not only disempowering, but it's also shifting that power so that there is this regulated space where we can say, aha, we have the answers. You don't have the answers and you're not meant to understand this information. Mm, yeah. And it creates so many barriers to access, right? Yeah. Yeah. You're going into business with someone and the setup is, yes, I'd like to do business with you. Don't screw me over. Like that's a weird dynamic to set up at the beginning of any relationship. And it's something that I think we've accepted and that's the norm. And it's like, oh, that's just what you do. But I love how you're questioning that and helping us to look at things a little bit differently. So how big of an impact does making these legal documents, contracts more accessible and creating that equity when it comes to doing business and giving people more access and more power? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, this is a huge part of what I'm hoping to shift the paradigm of the way we think about contracts, because to me, it's about transforming the way we all work. It is not this isolated thing that exists over here, separate from the rest of your business. You kind of know you need to have these, or you want to make sure you get legally valid and that's kind of it. But otherwise it sits in the drawer. It's not used. It's not functional other than just making sure you check the box or get the signature or whatever. And instead, I want us to understand that the way that we do business, all of the components, the pieces of our business are influenced by and reflect what is in our contracts. So when we are not clear on what our offers are, what our expectations are of the client, of communicating what we are and are not providing, of how the process is going to go, of who we are and what's important to us, of how we're going to move through change and uncertainty and conflict. All of these pieces show up in our business. And when we don't have contracts that we are disempowering ourselves because it's a lot more difficult to express to a client or potential client what's going on or to follow up on anything with a contract. For example, many people have signed contracts and the signed contract says something needs to happen, but they're afraid to assert it. They're afraid to bring it up because it's not in their voice. It's not in their language. It sounds really scary. They're afraid to ruin the relationship with their client. And so my work is about how do we shift this approach to contracting where it can become that wildly creative source of ease, clarity, pleasure, joy, connection with your clients. Your business is about your clients. It's about the success of that trust, that relationship, and making it so you can flow through things really smoothly and easily. And when we're thinking about having a more equitable approach to business, almost all of my clients are values-based, mission-driven, 
feminist founders, people who are interested in doing business for doing good in the world and changing the way things are done in their particular sector. And they want something that is not just going to check the box of protecting them or assert their power against others. They want to actually use the contract to shift the entire experience that their clients are having with them. And then it becomes a marketing tool. It becomes something that showcases how incredible you are in your work, how unique, what a different feeling you're giving people instead of that cringe moment where you're afraid to show your clients your contracts or that moment of defensiveness or fear of confusion that your clients feel when they're like, I just had this great session with you and now you sent me this contract to sign up and it's really aggressive and adversarial and doesn't sound like the person I just talked to. That's a breach of trust. That's them having that moment of, oh, I don't know if I really want to work with this person. They may choose to work with you. But after that, what happens? How excited are they to move through a moment of conflict or change? Or are they going to be immediately apprehensive and defensive? So all of this is about how do we shift the literal way that we're doing business and root out exploitation and oppression and these patriarchal models from not just the piece of paper, but from our processes, from our communications. And it's part of that holistic review in our business. Yeah, because, you know, you are setting up a really sort of disjointed experience if your business is more mission-driven, values-based, and you are showing up in that authenticity of, of who you are and how you run your business and how you want to connect with your clients. And then there's like, boom, here's the weird contract. And so it, it is a odd, you know, like, oh, those two things don't flow into each other. It's like an abrupt, like, yeah. oh, left turn you're like oh wait a minute where am I now what are, how why are we dealing with each other in this way now um so I can see the value of having it all cohesive and congruent of an experience then how do you help your clients bring in their voice and their values and their vision into these agreements into these documents I hear what you're saying about it's like embedded in your business, right? And then it's it's infused in all aspects. So it makes sense that it would be your way of business. And then also the legal part would, would follow suit or lead it. Yeah. How do you help people integrate that sense of who they are and their, their values? Yeah. This is such an important piece of the work that I do, because I think it's very easy for us to think about contracts or uh, legal department or lawyer advice or even contracts consulting work as um, something where you just kind of show up and say, hey, I need you to create this contract for me. Thanks. Or, you know, can you update this for me? Thanks. Walk away. The lawyer does their thing or the consultant does their thing and then hands it back to you and goes, here you go. You're done. <laughs> And instead, what you get from that process is a very formulaic template um, document that does not actually reflect the nuances of your business, the process of your business, but most importantly, it's not including your voice, your vision, and your values. 
And so in my work, I spend a huge proportion of the time interviewing my clients to learn about who they are and what's important to them. And as I'm doing that, I'm actually gathering the particular language that they use, um, the parts of speech, the words, the, are they a very ecstatic person? What kind of phrases do they use? What kind of tone of speech? I'm doing a whole voice match analysis to see, am I representing your words? Because I'm not trying to translate your work. I'm not translating it into a document that works for you. I am taking your actual words and having you craft the contract. I'm just helping you to stitch the pieces together, to help organize it and make it make sense, to help bring your creative vision to life. And that's the other piece of it is like, our contracts don't have to be these boring black and white documents. They can be colorful, visual um, images, like including photographs of yourself and your clients or the work that you're doing. It can have infographics and pieces that help the client to understand who you are, what you're doing, how you're working together, what the clear expectations are of that process, and how you're going to navigate this relationship together, because it's all about building relationships. Yeah, I love that. And and what I'm thinking of in, in my mind, I'm envisioning a traditional contract where muddled and you're like, oh, let me just really focus so I can understand this. And what you're describing, I'm envisioning like the images and the infographics. What popped into my head was that is creating a document that's a point of connection because you're getting a sense of who the person is, what their business is like. And so one sort of like, I don't know if it's the right word, like obfuscates. <laughs> one, one, yeah, it, it obfuscates, it's confusing, it's creating additional complexity. And what you were describing, it gave me the sense of like openness. I, I'll be able to get to know that person better through their contract, which is kind of like a mind-blowing, revolutionary way to think about a contract. Like I never in my life before you said that had I thought about the possibility of a contract doing that. Our contracts help us to build relationships. We just do such a bad job of drafting contracts right now that they don't help us build relationships. They barely document them and oftentimes really increase the likelihood that we damage or cause issues in those relationships because we're so focused on the adversarial nature of what if, what's going to happen in litigation, you better protect me from this. You better secure that. You're going to owe this if this goes wrong. And it's not to say that we don't want to be strategic and thoughtful about protecting our interests and making sure that we are clearly communicating expectations about how we're going to move through possible situations. But we don't have to do it from a place of fear and distrust. We can do it from a place of whole radical authenticity and clarity. It's the clear expectations part that's really, really important. And I think for a lot of people, they can maybe relate when they think about boundary work, because that is so connected to this, of when we learn about establishing boundaries and how to communicate and enforce those, 
we learn that that's actually a really loving act of self-care and care for others and honoring and respecting other people's uh, sovereignty and their ability to make their own choices and decisions and trusting and communicating what we are going to honor for ourselves. And that's what ideally we want to be doing in the contracts. And it's really, it's so important to me to have people's voices be included in the actual agreements because there is a sense of confidence then that comes out that they're getting that sovereignty back. They're getting that power back, that this isn't something that's confusing or unclear or something that they're using against everyone else. This is them saying, this is me. This is how I do things. I know who I am. I know how I work and I would love to work with you. And it helps to filter for your perfectly fit clients and filter out the misaligned clients before you even get into a dynamic with them. Yeah, I, I really hear that. And I see like how empowering it is for both parties. You know, the clarity is empowering for you because you're showing up exactly how you are. And then it gives your clients that clear understanding and agency because then they can make a true, honest decision because they have all the facts. Yes, exactly, exactly. And there are so many times when I'm going through a client's contract, if we want to transform their existing contract, where there'll be a piece that they're like, in the agreement, it's reading as like a really aggressive piece of like, you have to pay the whole amount if this change happens or if something happens. But the way it reads, it's kind of jarring and impressive. And so we'll go through and say, you know, what are you concerned about happening? And they'll be like, oh, well, one time I had a client where this situation came up and I really, I don't want that again because, you know, I already had to pay everybody to show up for that event and I had to do this and that. And the way that we kind of move through that is, um, why don't we just, kind of convey, not that you had this experience with another client, but what it is that you're actually doing in reflection of your values, right? So like, I really honor valuing people's time. So in this situation uh, where, you know, maybe um, there's like a cancellation last minute or something, we've already had to book additional people. So you'll be responsible for paying that full amount so we can compensate everybody that took their time off their calendar to show up for this event. But if you cancel before this date, you can get half of your money back or you get a full refund at this date. And we can start to shift it where it's less of a aggression against another and more of like, this is who I am, this is my value. And you understand that, you connect to that, you relate to that because I've explained it throughout the entire agreement. And now I'm explaining how it shows up for me. And now you understand why there are certain consequences rather than it be just an arbitrary, this is the rule that I'm making and I wrote it in my contract. So that's the rule. Yeah, I so appreciate you grounding it in an example that made it a lot clearer for me. And it is really just like creating that thread, just walking them through that journey of like, yes, I starting with the value and that's what that looks like in this business, you know, it looks like 
paying people for their time. And, you know, and so that's just, that is so like clear, like connecting all those dots for people. Hey friends, we'll get back to the show in just a moment, but I wanted to let you know about the VIP intensive I offer once a month for the busy entrepreneur who wants to start a podcast. So if you know you have something to say that will inspire others, you want to reach new audiences, show up in a bigger way and make more money. I want to invite you to join me inside my VIP one day guided workshop, where I'll walk you through creating all the elements of your fabulous podcast. You'll even write your first script and record your very first episode. So if you want accountability, guidance, and dedicated time to start your podcast, go to exploreandyou.com to sign up. Okay, my friend, back to the show. Okay, so what do you say then to people in the legal field who are, who are like, these documents, they're not valid, they're not legal, we, we have to have them um, how they've always been? Yeah, um, so... <laughs> It's so funny because there are, there are still, I mean, we have the old paradigm existing that is our current legal field structure. And yet we have had for over 30 years, if not even more now, governmental regulations saying that um, regulations, statutes have to be in plain language. These contracts need to be in plain language. We need to start using this. The Bar associations that regulate lawyers are advocating for lawyers to use plain language. It's something we know about and have known about for a long time. And still, even in 2018, um, GE, huge corporation, their aviation department went through a whole transition over the past couple of years before then to do more plain language documents. And they cut out thousands and thousands of words and what they came up with is much, much better. But even in their examples, there's still so much run on sentences and convoluted, like, if this happens, then you will owe us if a judge decides that this applies and Section 8 was violent, you know, and it just like goes on and you're like, oh, my goodness. And one of the, the general counsel of GE said about the contracts, um, like we found out it was really hard to unlearn how to think like a lawyer or speak like a lawyer because we're so ingrained with this legal jargon. And so it's not that it's legally required. They had, you know, thousands of hours of big law firm teams working on making sure that everything was legitimate in these transitions. Um, but we need to remember what the purpose of contracts is. It is about establishing agreement between people to accomplish a goal. It is not about what do we do to sue each other when this goes wrong. That may be one tiny part, or we can actually create more opportunities to resolve conflict before it even gets to litigation. And that's a lot of the work that I do as well. But even if that's a piece of it, we're spending way too much focused over here that we're forgetting the entire point is that we accomplish our goal together, whatever it is. We're entering into agreement for a purpose. And a contract is made up of an offer, acceptance, and consideration. You offer, I'll update your website, it's $5,000. Person says, okay, I accept, I'll pay the $5,000, great. The transition of here's your website, here's the payment, that's the consideration, that's a contract. That is legally valid. That is 
There is nothing else that you are required to have. The reason we have things like it should be in writing, the reason we have the considerations of all the different clauses that we're starting to think about is because how do you prove, right? How do you prove that we actually had an agreement if we didn't have anything set down? And who are you proving to? What is this world we're proving? We're talking about a court. We're talking about after the agreement went to crap, after you had a conflict, after you brought in lawyers, after you're fighting, you're in a courtroom and there's a judge and now the judge is asking you, what's your agreement? What are you saying? Who said what? Do we believe this person or not? Is it clear in the contract or do we need to interpret it? So the contracts that I help create for clients are plain language, in their voice, communicating their intention, their values, what guiding principles are driving the decisions that they're making and has clear expectations throughout. If that ends up in front of a judge, that judge is gonna be so thankful that this is so much easier to understand and interpret what the parties were trying to do in the first place. Yeah, I mean, that makes so much sense. And yeah, the example you gave of GM, you know, it's like, oh, good, good job. First pass, maybe try it again. But it is hard to unlearn things that you've been sort of indoctrinated and learned (laughs) for a long time. So it's nice, though, to know that there is movement and there's expectation, you know, around making documents more easily digestible and to understand by modifying the language. And I love that you are part of that movement. And I always like to have guests on who are questioning systems and also helping to change them. Um, So I have loved having you on and just like diving into this. I was so curious about your approach and Um, After hearing you talk about it, I'm really excited about what you're doing or more excited about what you're doing. Um, Before we jump off, I would love to know what your superpower is. Well, given this, I'd probably say one of my biggest superpowers is the ability to, that I'm not locked into this legal framework, that I haven't been fully indoctrinated in this. I've been thinking about doing things differently from the beginning of my legal career. And so it's very easy for me to write things in plain language for my clients and specifically capturing each of their voices. It's like my little secret skill of, I can craft this in a really customized way to your voice. So it's not just a generic plain language, here's the template of how to write this really clearly, but it's like, this is your business. This is your document. This is your voice shining through. And I would say that's one of my superpowers. I love it. Um, And then how can people find out more about you? Yeah. So follow me on Instagram at Legally Unconventional. And you can sign up for my email list. Um, I'm sending out, we just did a recent Legal Basics for Creative Entrepreneurs workshop. Um, And so I would love to have you join us and listen in on, let me know how it helps you to shift your documents. So we will link to all of those places in the show notes. Jacqueline, thank you so much for being here and helping us to rethink how we approach not just legal documents, but I think really business in general. Um, So thank you for being on the show. Thanks so much, Kristen. Hey there. Thanks for listening to this episode of Podcast and Amplify. I want to remind you that this week's episode is sponsored by Catherine Denisi. 
business coach, and strategist for female entrepreneurs who want to build sustainable businesses in less time. Now, don't forget, you can get 15% off the Business Development Booster by clicking the link in the show notes below. Hey, thanks for listening to the show. So if you found this episode really valuable, I'd love for you to head on over to Instagram and share your big takeaways, any aha moments that you had and tag me at podcast and amplify. If you have any questions, make sure to hit me up in the DMs. And if you have any friends or fellow entrepreneurs who you think would get a ton of value from the show, make sure to share this episode with them. Your recommendations and your reviews are really what help grow this podcast. And we are always so grateful for your support. Thanks for listening and we'll see you next week.